back to Monday Madness Sports Talk. My name is Noah Festenstein, your host of the program, starting the week off fresh, talking the latest in the world of sports. This is episode 184, all the way from Harper College Radio to Radio DePaul Sports, now recording independently on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Let's get it going today here on November 23rd, 2020. It's been a little bit since I've had my last show, but that's a-okay. I've had a little break. Had some things to do, but now we're back. How jubilant it is. So let's get it going. Let's get through some things today. Because there's a lot to do. And there's some new things to do as well, and I'll get into that very shortly here. As I ring down the music here, Alexander Lewis, Race Tracks, All of the Lights. You know it. You've heard it before, I'm assuming. Our faithful song here for Monday Mass Sports Talk. Your sports talk program that has survived... Well over four years here now, and in the 184th episode, it's time to introduce a couple of new segments, which I'm super excited about because, you know, I like doing things that are new. I like doing uh, different types of things, and the past month where the show has taken another hiatus, I have been thinking about different ways to produce it, different ways to do it, and... I found out that I feel like there's going to be a new system that is coming to this show. Um, first and foremost, I would like to have a guest on every single week. So this week, we have a very special guest, and he is a former Radio DePaul Sports host um, and is still at DePaul University going for his grad degree. Ryan Gilroy, who also is uh, working for the DePaulia, yeah, is the copy editor there. And is going to be joining me for about an hour here to talk about UFC, to talk about um, the NBA draft, which just came, uh, went down because we, well, we want to talk about Paul Reed, who got drafted 58th overall, and that's something to be very proud of. And then, um, yeah, uh, maybe some other discussions with him, depending on how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then probably get into some NFL Week 11 action. Uh, the Bears are off this week. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Joe Burrow injury, but I want to also talk about the Bears and their struggles. Obviously, it's very disappointing. They went 5-1, and one, and now they're 5-5 five and five all of a sudden. And, but the Packers lost yesterday against the Indianapolis Colts, which makes the Bears' NFC North case a little bit better. But with what they're looking like right now, I don't think that's... I don't think we should be so confident, if you may say. After that... Um, I'm going to get into the two new segments that I promised you. So here, here, here's what I want to do today. I want to talk about some eSports. Now, I've done this before. I've done an eSports section before, but I haven't done, like, video game reviews. So today, I'm going to be reviewing Black Ops Cold War because I got it. I have some thoughts on it, like a lot of other people do. And... We'll see what my thoughts are when we get to that segment. 
And then the final segment of the day, which will always be the final segment of the day from here on out, is the Noah's Sports Bets Pick of the Week. So I'll get I'll make three bets on the show. I'll look through my DraftKings app. I do it through DraftKings, make some bets, have some fun, and it'll allow me to make some predictions and it'll allow me to remember what's going on this week because we got a lot going on this week. Um, and also got Tyson coming back on Saturday night. I'm sure I'll probably talk about that with uh, Ryan Gilroy, which will be the next segment. So right after this, we'll get right into the conversation with Ryan. It's going to be an hour. So if you want to skip to my individual segments, go to about to the hour and 10 minute mark or something like that. Cause that's when it's about to start for me doing stuff alone. And that'll be with NFL. Um, Black ops. We'll be talking about that. And then, my sports bets pick of the week right here on the 184th edition of Monday Man of Sports Talk. I'm super excited to get get it down with you guys here on November 23rd, 2020. Be back with Ryan Gilroy right now. It's kind of killing me. So Monday Man of Sports Talk is kind of like my way of continuing that yeah i got you you said you were gonna try and do grad school i thought about it i don't see the point in it because when you're a journalist um when you get your grad degree it's more like you want to be a teacher rather than um like i can use it to get maybe high-end journalist positions but at this point in my life that's not what i'm going for so right i want to worry about my current undergrad student loans no yeah that that makes sense mm-hmm. but um yeah but hey wh- whatever pace you're on right now keep keep it going because uh it's been it's been pretty tough as you know this coronavirus pandemic has just been screwing everybody over mm-hmm. um how have you been coping with it uh literally well when we when this thing first started, uh, I had moved out of my apartment at the university center downtown in the loop. Um, and then had some time to refigure myself with classes back in the spring. And so I had already gotten into that rhythm, uh, which helped me for this quarter too. Um, over the summer I didn't work. Um, and same thing for when I got back home. Cause I just can't go out. I can't risk it for my family because of their age and my dog and my mom and stepdad and such so i've just been staying at home and trying to entertain myself with video games and the ufc and some hockey when it came back but there's no hockey right now which is mainly why i've been watching the ufc what video games have you been uh playing with uh mainly apex titanfall 2 i just bought uh the new the remastered Tony Hawk pro skater. Okay, I've heard good things about that. Oh, fun. Oh, my goodness. I know there's a new skate coming out soon. I heard that, too. I'll definitely buy that once that comes out. That's like the Grand Theft Auto of skateboarding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I never played it growing up, but I've I've heard really good things about it, yeah. So if anyone doesn't know uh, who Ryan Gilroy is, he is um, a photographer at the DePaulia, also um, a current writer for the DePaulia. Are you doing it for writing purposes or are you in the DePaulia class? Copy editing is Copy editing. the role I have right now. Okay. That's also what I've been doing as well from home. So I've been well, yeah, everything's that. very remote. And exactly. you just recently wrote an article about uh, Valentina Shevchenko. We're, g- we're going to get into that very soon. Um, but since we're on the topics of video games, um, I remember I was hanging out with Ryan Gilroy here 
at Radio DePaul Sports because um, we were a part of Radio DePaul Sports at one point um, in the station, and we were playing video games, and I'd be playing you in Rocket League, and then at one point, we broke out Goat Simulator. Oh, yeah. I still have that. I haven't played it that often. but I know. Yeah. I just That was the weirdest game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it really is a weird game. It doesn't make any sense, but it, it doesn't it's make what any makes sense. it fun. I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways, so now we can get into the Shevchenko thing because UFC 255 was this past Saturday, and you said that you've been entertained by UFC. I would say I've been entertained by UFC. I think personally, because what they only had a three-week layoff in March or April. Yeah, no more than it. a month. The UFC Something has like been that. the most active sport out of all major sports. They were also the last kind of sport to like dissolve once this pandemic hit. I think it took like until like late, late March for Dana White to be like, okay, maybe we should stop doing this right now. Yeah, because I think they had like was it UFC 249? Something like that. The, 248. I think it was yeah, uh, Gaethje and uh, Tony Ferguson. And it was like, I think it was, fight. it was fantastic. It was in Florida somewhere, I believe. It was uh, in uh, Jacksonville at yeah. some arena. With no fans. Cause yeah. you could immediately tell from the stadium background too. And then it stops for a little bit. Then they continued on with it. After. It's almost a no brainer to put it into the UFC apex in Las Vegas. But initially when they were trying to do that, Las Vegas um, as a state was not allowing that, which mm-hmm. kept them from doing that originally which also prompted the idea for Dana White to do Fight Island. The first Fight Island set, I don't think was as good as the second Fight Island set. I agree. What do you think about those, um, those events that happened? It was like, what, 11 or 12 events? It was, um, I think it was like eight or nine, actually, because I think there was four the first time in July. Wow. 251 was the first one. I remember I watched that whole card, and it was really good. But um, I think they had, uh, who was it? It was welterweight. Uh, bantamweight no i'm sorry it was welterweight featherweight and then there was two events after that for the first one in july because they stayed there for like around a month and then they just went back to it uh in october for 253 and 254 adesanya costa uh habib gaethje Mm -hmm. and i think that was it and I've, i've also heard some things that dana had said that he plans on going back there soon I know that he had mentioned they'd like signed some five-year deal at Abu Dhabi. Um, I don't know how soon or when they're going to do it, but it'd be pretty cool to see them go back there again. That would be. Um, but since the UFC is a, an American-based market, I would think that, I mean, according to the time zones, I remember the fighters, we, we would be having regular uh, showtime, 7 o'clock here in the central, in, in the central time, but back in Abu Dhabi, it's like 6 o'clock in the morning. I know. They'd fight at like 4 or 5 a.m. I'd, I'd try to do the time difference with it. I'd be like, what the hell are you guys doing over there just yeah. to try and make it live? Like, why are you doing this to yourselves? <laughs> I would say my favorite, and I, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but my favorite event so far during this pandemic has been UFC 250 when the Bantamweights came out. Algermine Sterling proved himself as a title contender. I actually, actually didn't watch that. Fun fact. Yeah, you missed. I, you missed out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you pay for no, your, no worries. Your pay per views, and I know you. You. You're. I, I was really excited about this. I, I remember you. I hope you remember that Cody Garbrandt knockout on mm-hmm. on Sukayo because that, alongside the Joaquin Buckley knockout, which was about a month ago, knockout of the year. Exactly. But, um, besides all that, I'm glad that you know the UFC is at a pace where they're just going to continue. Um, doing these events because 
I don't know, the coronavirus numbers for them have been relatively low, lower than I would say I expected uh, initially when the UFC started. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think they've been running their events? I think it's been pretty beneficial to how uh, they've been handling the situation. I think, uh, I don't know exactly their like protocols with how they manage their fighters, but like they, they've got their, they've got their stuff down with how they quarantine everybody. I think they test them like four times before they step into the ring. And then afterwards, just to make sure about it, but they've done a pretty good job at kind of getting it down. Uh, it's just been a matter of following it. And also, even in Abu Dhabi, when they flew out halfway across the world, they were still able to take advantage of that as well. And I don't think – there has been a couple instances where they've had fights called off because of positive cases, but it's just been rarities popping up here and there. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't really see any red flags as to opposed to, like, football when you have, like, a whole team – and 17 players get tested positive at the same time. Same, same thing for baseball. But when you look yeah. at MMA, it's a very individualized sport. I think that's um, the, the big benefit of it, yeah. too. Yeah. And that's what's made me want to pay attention to UFC the past few months is, is that alone. I've also invested when – I, when I did radio shows back a few years back, I was not into UFC at all. I was actually more into boxing, if any, mm-hmm. um, until – the Conor, Conor McGregor started to amp up things. And then uh, Daniel Cormier, I really paid attention to him because he's really big in wrestling and I'm a big wrestling guy. And then it just kicked off from there. And then now it's just my favorite sport to watch. That it's makes just sense. It's that titillizing of a sport because it, you... It basically like, a, it gave me something to watch. I had not even been a UFC fan like a year ago, but it gave me something to watch because of how quick their response was with this pandemic. So just like every Saturday, they had already uh, were broadcasting this stuff on ESPN. So that gave me something to watch with no other sports going on because I think they re- they rebounded pretty quick. By like yeah. end of April, beginning of May, something like that, they came right back. And not many other leagues could say the same. And given how the sport functions with athletes fighting in the octagon, they can manage that well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, so – with all that being said, um, I know you wrote, like I've already mentioned so far, you wrote that article um, about Valentina Shevchenko for the Depalia. If you guys want to check it out, uh, go to Depalia online. Is it Depalia.online? That's DepaliaOnline.com. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm confused with all the dots sometimes. Um, but yeah, go, go to the opinion section, and his article is the second to the top. As of right now, it's the second stop or look up. Uh, Ryan on Instagram, you want to plug yourself? Oh yeah. Uh, RP Gilroy, uh, is the Instagram that I have where I put all my photo related stuff on there. But, um, same for my Twitter as well. Just with an underscore at the end is where I post all my stuff. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So check out that, um, articles and all, uh, the other great work that Ryan has done for the DePaulia. Um, how many articles have you written? Um, I can't say that it's been as much as my editors or other staff writers have been. It's mainly been contributions here and there. When I first came to Chicago, I had set out my mind to cover the club hockey team. I know you've called a lot of games for them for Radio DePaul as well, because that that's my sport. It's what I grew up with. It's what I played. Um, but then I took on the role of copy editor and mainly did photography as well, which is another reason why I went to them. But more photos and articles, but that's kind of balancing out now. Yeah, for sure. So now 
when we're talking about your articles, the recent, most recent one you that you wrote about Valentina Shevchenko, um, you came to me and we talked about. It, I'm like, this is a this is a great point that Ryan you've made up that Valentina and keep forgetting her other name, uh, her Antonino, sister, Antonino, Antonina Shevchenko. <laughs> um, they both are absolute forces in the UFC. Uh, you made a point earlier today too. Um, uh, I saw on a UFC post that um, what if these two met and these were, these two were the only options. I know just highway. like some hypothetical thing. Like if it goes down yeah. the line, if it gets to that point, like what if these two fight each other? But don't count that out. Cause exactly. I feel like Antonina after this previous fight can very well be ranked. She is ranked. She was 15th coming into her or fight. Top 10 and, ranked um, for that. Top matter. 10 ranked, exactly. Yeah. But she definitely did uh, rebound the way she had uh, previously lost to Chukagian before, which was a big improvement on her part. And she also got performance of the night for it, yeah, too, which I, I thought that. was really surprising as well. But it was a great uh, thing to see her progress that way. I don't see her going down anywhere, uh, downhill anywhere. I mean, obviously, she's only going to get better from here, but. Again, hypothetically speaking, what if these sisters end up meeting each other down the line where it's just so dominant that Valentina cleans out the division that the only option that's left is Antonina? Like, what if? I don't think it'll happen, but, you know, what if? It's a fun what if. I don't know I don't know the comfort level of Dana White in making that fight. I don't even know what the comfort levels of Antonina and – and uh, Valentina is. I bet you they've had that conversation before. Probably. Just for mm-hmm. fun of it. Like, what if? They yeah. obviously sparred together. They know each other's styles. But it's another thing to put them up, you know. One time, I got a story for you, Ryan. One time back in middle school, I, we, we, my middle school did like a wrestling event where we all wrestled each other, but we actually made it into a big time event where we gave each other intro music, mm. nicknames. They made me wrestle my cousin. I'm like, I don't want to wrestle my cousin. Mm -hmm. So it's just like that. You know, know. this this is the weird thing, though, is that there is that very slight chance of it happening because it's like, oh, you treat it as a joke now. But, you know, what if like two, three, four, five years down the line that Mm -hmm. there's just no other option? It's a really, really weird spot. But there's two variables in that. How long can both of them be dominant? It's going to be harder for Valentina Shevchenko to stay dominant mm-hmm. because obviously, uh, you know, she is in a position where she's going to have fight the best of the best. Antonino has to work her way up. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what, well, here's a good question. Are they most likely to face in a championship bout or in a regular bout? I have no idea. That's the other thing because, you know, Valentina has constantly said, like, she wants to be champion forever or for as long as she possibly can. She doesn't plan on giving up her title anytime soon. And as of right now, I don't see anybody else in this division that could possibly contest her. Um, although we would have to see if um, and it ever gets to that point again, if they ever end up finding each other. But I don't know there's just too many things like you said that there's variables there's so many unknowns because it's never happened before Mm -hmm. we've seen siblings come and go in the ufc but i don't think um at least to my knowledge you can correct me if i'm wrong if we've had siblings that fight in the same division and that alone and have gotten to the point where there's just no other option right exactly i mean imagine if one of the gracie 
siblings fight each other. Yeah, exactly. That would be insane. Mm-hmm. Or like but, one of the Diaz brothers. Yeah, oh, yeah, like even that. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's a good point too. Um, I mean, you mentioned it in your article. It's um, definitely very, I, I, I would say, I'm trying to find the right word. word. Um, I, there's there's a very metaphorical sort of sense to both of these two fighting against each other. Like, is it, it's like a family. If you MMA and any other sport, it's like family. You know, mm-hmm. you treat each other like family. But what happens when you know you face each other? And in UFC, when two guys are having um, a dispute for months on end to hype up of a fight. Right after the fight ends, they become friends. It's a it's a specific kind of respect for the sport. If it ever uh, gets to that yeah. point, it'll speak a lot to how Dana White and the UFC treat the situation too. Because um, if he's just for some reason like money hungry or whatever it might be to be like you two are fighting, that will reflect pretty badly on the promotion. But if he's just like kind of understanding and cool about it, then we may not see it happen. So I don't know. I, I, I can't speak on behalf of that family dynamic and when it comes to a head. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a pretty generic question. I, I'm going to answer it myself. Do you think that Valentina Shevchenko, regardless of the two losses she had, she's had against Amanda Nunez, is the best we've seen as a flyweight? I'd, I'd like to think so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just because she is just – you have to think about when she first came into the promotion, like who she's faced coming up to get that belt too. Um, even with those two losses with Nunez and controversially speaking, that second fight she had against her, mm-hmm. uh, I thought she won. I don't know about you if you've ever watched that second fight she had against. Yeah. I, I it was, was a great fight. It was a great fight, but yeah. I thought that Valentina had won that second fight. Um, coming up into the division, um, even before flyweight with bantamweight, she hasn't had it easy. You know, she put on a show against um, Holly Holm, Priscilla Cachueta, um, like we mentioned, the two fights against Nunez, and then just constantly reassured people that she could defend it with young Jake Check, uh, Jessica I, and Chu Kagan. So it's not been easy for her. It's just been a matter of trying to find somebody that can put that level of pressure on her and so far nobody has and i don't see anybody that can either yeah i when i look at this this uh this division nothing pops out at me i mean Kogan is she had a great performance i would say last night i don't mm-hmm. know if you agree maybe she's next um but and she but even that she lost a month ago exactly so it's it it it, it we obviously know there's there's few divisions in the UFC where you're like mm, this guy might not be the championship. Figueroa was that guy for me last night in mm-hmm. a way. I just didn't think Alex Perez was a suitable candidate, but that's another that's a conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's guys there's guys in the UFC where I don't think are legitimate champions. Um, Volkanovski is another name because he's only fought one guy to defend his belt. Same guy he fought to win his belt. Mm-hmm. Um, Shevchenko is the one fighter I think that separates everyone that separates herself from everyone else is that she is a, a champion period. And she's been able to defeat people in many, many different ways. Too. Exactly. I mean, she's gone the distance. We saw that last night with Maya. See, you can't submitted. say that. You can't say that with Khabib Nurmagomedov. Exactly. Khabib, you know, he got that submission against Gaethje, which is really cool to see, but 
Valentina has submitted people by armbar, rear naked choke. She instantly basically killed Jessica I with that head kick. And then, um, oh God, with Chukagan, uh, where she had that crucifix position where she was just right on top of her beating the hell out of her head. So she is a very, very well leaf skilled mixed martial artist, which she has to her name and not many other people can say that and defend it in the way that she has. That's what makes her so special. And it's just about that recognition that I was talking about with the piece of her achieving that status and her being promoted as that kind of fighter. Right. I 100% agree. Um, I just really like emphasizing that because people definitely underestimate women fighting. And I think Chevchenko illustrates a true fighter, a true champion, and people don't look up to her like that. Mm -hmm. And I just think that based on what you wrote, people should emphasize that. People should really look at the style that Chevchenko offers and be like, wow, this is a once in a lifetime type of talent. I know, and it's crazy. It's nice to see that the commentary team for the UFC is acknowledging that too. They're they're putting they're lumping her right in the mix between men's and women's too. They're not really right. discriminating gender here. And that's they're, what I love about the UFC too. Mm-hmm. They're, Starting, they're, they're putting it right up top. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But then then you have the fan base who, of course, everyone has different feelings, different you know fighters that they like, etc. But mm-hmm. I mean. I just think that Shevchenko has been underlooked. She's been overshadowed by Amanda Nunez, especially. Uh, Ronda Rousey is still even a name that's been talked that's still talked about as one of the greatest of all time, and I think she choked that status uh, mm-hmm. in her last few fights in her UFC career, um, and then even Holly Holm for that matter. So it's just like those. Um, though it's just that I'm looking at is the consistency factor, and I think mm-hmm. Shevchenko provides that a lot. Yeah, that consistency factor doesn't really uh, make sense all the time with the UFC. And also that gender thing also plays a little bit part of it, too. And that's unfortunate to me. I know. But it's nice to see that it's starting to change a little bit with uh, starting to lump Valentina in with the men. So it's really showing just how uh, much of a fighter she really has become. I I 100% agree with that. Um, To end the conversation on Shevchenko, I want to talk about Jennifer Maya, who actually put up a really good fight, especially in the second round last night, which uh, I I bet scared that one guy on DraftKings who bet $12,000 on Shevchenko (laughs) to win $600. I was like, "Uh, it's a little. $12,000 in a $600. That's just crazy. I remember crazy. you saw the uh, the odds makers for like the past five fights that Shevchenko had. Yeah, and oh they my were God. like they were like all at above least one thousand. Yeah, it was crazy. But I think everybody held their breath on that second round. I did too. I was like, okay, all right, it's changing up a little bit here. Also, Joe Rogan gave me a bunch of anxiety. Yeah, during I just that don't fight know. Too because every time that all the Maya, guys I was watching the fight with they just didn't like it. And every time that uh, Maya would land just any sort of strike, or even if it was like a takedown or a clinch, elbow, uh, she, he would basically be like, okay, all right, uh, Maya's fighting back here. Okay, this Trying could, to hype up this the, could the chances. I, I understand why these guys are trying to remain neutral and appreciate their accomplishments, but it's just so – you can't deny what – 
Valentina has done and the challenge that Maya has faced. It was a really good challenge that Maya put up with Valentina. I will say that. I was respectable. I, was I definitely gained. I feel like if you're a, a true MMA fan, you look at the game like by performance, there's always those winners or losers. But, you know, um, sometimes there's just two winners. And, yes, Maya isn't the, as great of a fighter. But in a way, she won last night. She, she defied a lot of people's expectations. I bet I literally I'm going to talk about my uh, betting structure later in the show when I talk about uh, Mm -hmm. sports betting, but I literally bet on whether or not that fight was going to go to decision. I didn't, I didn't think this fight had a chance to go to to decision. I thought about that too. Yeah. And I, I, um, (laughs) I simulated the fight on uh, UFC four and it went to decision. I was like, how did I go to the decision on UFC four? So I should have. It was very reminiscent of how when Valentina fought young Jake check, yeah. even though it was only, uh, no, I think below it was five rounds because it was for a title fight, you know, it went the distance, but um, there was times when her opponent uh, did have moments that shine through, but in the end with those uh, final three rounds, it was just all Valentina, just classic how yeah, she fought. For sure. Um, once again, guys, if you want to check out Ryan's article on the Chevchenko sisters, uh go to ryan's instagram page rp gilroy and go to the link in his bio it is very worth it um and uh thanks for uh having me on that article and i was happy to give you some of my thoughts on that because uh i 100 percent agree with you i think it was a little bit underhyped uh in that regard uh but yeah let's move on to some other fights in the card uh from last night uh let's do with the let's, let's let's stick with the main card because I, I underestimated the main card a little bit because I didn't think it was going to be entertaining. Uh, but it was, mm-hmm. except for the first fight. The Marissa Rural fight, he's old, he's slow, and Paul Craig is just more uh, versatile in a way. It mm-hmm. just didn't seem like an ideal fight for Rura. He lost by TKO in round two. Um, any other fights that you thought were notable? The uh, obviously Figueredo Perez actually uh, yeah. really surprised me. Also, did you hear that um, the news that came out today with Figueredo yes. and uh, the next card? He wants to fight who I can't remember his name. That was right before Brandon Moreno. Is Brandon Moreno? Yeah. yeah, he wants to fight him at two fifty six. So uh, that happened two hours after his fight. Um, Figueredo verbally approved. First of all, it took him two minutes to beat Alex Perez and he's still in shape. He didn't get knocked out. He didn't get knocked or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, fighters, if you're in shape, might as well go in three, three, in three weeks. Notice. You got momentum. Exactly. Why not? And that guy's probably on cloud nine right now. He wants to fight again. And Brandon Moreno is the same way. He's on cloud nine. He gets a chance to fight for a title. Now he has a chance. Of course, he's going to agree to that fight if he has the chance. And I like that a lot because then if Figueredo wins, he'll become the first UFC fighter to do that within a month. That's crazy. And it's also really nice to see that uh, champions like him are calling out opponents instead of opponents calling out the champion. A little bit of a reversal on the how these fights are usually set up. So yeah. it's, it's, he's hungry. He wants to fight people. It's really nice to see. What's also interesting is um, the guy that Brandon Moreno fought in that featured prelim bout, bout um, Ray Vall, I forgot his first name, um, is kind of the same kind of style that Figueredo offers. So, you know, you look back at the past five weeks in training camp for Brandon Moreno, he was training for a same type of stylistic fighter as what, Figueredo is mm-hmm. so in, in a way he's prepared but obviously you're fighting a champion you're fighting a guy who's 20 and one in professional MMA so it's going to be a different ball game but momentum is there 
I think it's going to be a closer fight, but still Figueredo is going to win that. Mm-hmm. We're just going to have to see if uh, it goes past the first round this time and what happens uh, in those later championship rounds if it ever gets to that point. Because we haven't right. seen it from Figueredo so far, or at least not that I can remember. Right. How about that welterweight fight between Mike Perry and Tim Means? Honestly, oh, I put man. that up for fight of the night. I know the um, early prelim, what was it? Uh, the first fight of the night, uh, Luis Koske and uh, I don't know how to pronounce this guy, guy's name. Sasha Palatsnikov. Yeah. <laughs> Good attempt there. I tried. Uh, that was fight of the night, but I didn't see that fight, so I couldn't tell you. But I really enjoyed the welterweight fight between Mike Perry and Tim Means. I still don't get why Mike Perry only has his girlfriend and one other, one other guy in, in the corner. I know. I think that paid dividends in that fight. No one's mm-hmm. talked about it, but I think that really did pay dividends uh, because you didn't get the right type of treatment in between rounds, and especially in a close fight like that, you need that. That's what it's going to come down to. It's a, it's a big lack of discipline for Mike Perry. I also wasn't too appreciative of um, weight. missing weight. Yeah. yeah, And then immediately what he did right after when he dabbed on the scale – it was just not not a good look right there. Although it was a really good fight, I will say, but just it, it, there's there's a lot of holes that he needs to fix with his seriousness how he treats these fights. Well, you're a professional up. fighter. That's those aren't the kinds of moves that are gonna get you another contract signed. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure Dana had a little little talk with him about it afterwards too. Uh, I feel like Dana wanted to take away. 50% of his purse and not 30% because I know he wanted there's a difference. Do... There's a difference between actually trying to make weight and not making weight than not trying to make weight and not making weight. Exactly. And they was even the UFC embedded of uh, videos. I don't know if you watched that on YouTube where he was just pigging out. He was just eating whatever he felt like it. You know, it's just this lack of discipline, yeah. man. It's just, I, I'm, I can imagine the steam coming out of Dana White's ears when he not only missed weight, but probably just how serious he took it. Mike Perry's never going to be a main card fighter again because of that. Mm-hmm. That's my. It's, that's that's really hard to come back from. Yeah. Yeah. It, he'll fight again. Like he needs to do something to prove that prove himself again in the UFC. That's not going to be in a main card. Um, I I don't think people should feel like they should pay to, to pay to watch this guy fight because yeah. of his attitude. Exactly. Um, that's probably what made Dana went mad. This, you know, mm-hmm. this guy's on your pay-per-view card. He's not taking stuff seriously. So why should we take him seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can't say it any better. That's exactly right. So just this guy just needs to take it a little more seriously next time. Yeah, but I liked Mike Perry, too. It's like I know. It I was remember, a like, good the first fight. first time I it's, watched him. It was a good fight. That's what's so bad about this thing is because he did all these antics before leading up to it, and it was a good fight. Like, it's just, you can't, it was like when um, Khabib fought McGregor, you know? It was yeah. a great fight, but all these other antics outside the octagon just were just nonsense. Like, what the hell is this, man? Damn. Like, this needs to stop, exactly. Yeah, I, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh, any other fights from that card before I move forward and look towards the future? Because I want to talk, I, I want not just the Blades-Lewis fight next week, but there's a fight on December 19th that we should get into. Uh, let's talk about it for sure. Yeah, because um, but I I didn't let you answer though. Is there any other fight from two thousand two fifty five that was on your mind? No, not that. Yeah, I can think okay, of, no. that sums it up. Uh, so next week you got Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. 
Um, that's the only notable fight on that card. I don't know anybody else who's on that card. Same the lightweight co-main event is Renato Moicano. Okay, I know who he is. I don't know who this guy is, though. Rafael Fiziev. He's got a cool look in that last name, but that's not going to cut it with me if you want me to become a fan of yours. <laughs> um, I really like this Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis fight because I like both of these guys. Curtis Blades coming off of his win against Alexander Volkov where he took the guy down like 23 times, the mm-hmm. most amount in a heavyweight bout in history against Derek Lewis, who's just a knockout artist. So two different stylistic fighters coming together. Who do you got in that fight? I don't know. I haven't really thought of this too much. Um, I could be biased and say that Derek Lewis is a really funny fighter. So I could, or not a funny fighter, Love just a funny guys. guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. I won't be disappointed out of the way. It's just, I, it's just, it's, I don't, I don't like this fight. I don't know, man. I, I just, I'm, I haven't really thought too much of it either, so it'll be a lot of fun to watch, though. These, yeah. these two heavyweights just swinging at each other would be so I, much fun. I really hope Curtis Blades gets a title shot soon because I want to mm-hmm. see I want to see a belt come to Chicago. Yeah, uh, and yeah. It, eventually we, whoever knows how long when we're going to see another heavyweight title bout again. I mean, because right. we saw it with a two fifty two back in August, but you know, eventually that'll come back. So, yeah, right. Um, let's talk about, uh, this December 19th card, um, Edwards versus Stephen Thompson. No, no, the, it just got changed. It was Shemaev, Ooh, really? but now it's Stephen Thompson. What happened with Shemaev? I do not know. Oh, I guess my. they may have had hid that from, uh, our plane. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll do a, let's just do a quick fact check. Cause I remember I saw Edwards Shemaev or yeah. who it was. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember hearing any news about it being changed. So, I don't know. Interesting. Um, but yeah, Stephen Thompson now. Which I, I haven't seen Stephen Thompson fight since he fought. I forgot what it was. The two thirty when um, Usman fought Woodley. If I'm correct. Mm-hmm. It. It was that when uh, as Thompson fought last. He fought I against Vicente right. Luque. Yeah, that sounds about right. And he Probably beat Vicente wrong, Luque, mm-hmm. who has fought twice since that bout. So obviously Thompson has a lot of time, has had a lot of time to rest. I don't know why we haven't seen him, but he's one of my favorite fighters. I don't know if anyone knows this, but Steven Thompson, if any, it, there's a BMF award for the baddest mother, you know, ever. Mm-hmm. There's not an award for the nicest. Mother effort. Because this guy is insanely modest, insanely nice. Like, this is the type of guy you don't want to see lose. He is Wonder Boy, exactly. Almost hurts what he loses. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he also is a video game streamer, which I always enjoy. Um, (laughs) And he's just hilarious. Um, You also got to respect Leon Edwards. But I don't know. This guy's kind of, in the words of uh, Among Us, he's kind of sus. (laughs) <laughs> he kind of is sus a little bit because like i don't i don't know what his plans are i don't know like what he wants to do in terms of like he's rejected fights but then he accepts a fight and then the stephen thompson comes in i don't even know if edwards had a decision on that because he already signed a contract to fight on december 19th it's just weird i don't know usually i just my only go-to explanation for that is that these guys want to like play their cards as they want to right i guess to try and kind of set themselves like up he had a chance way. to fight what gilbert burns which is 
a, definitely a fight where you say whoever wins that gets the next title shot, but mm-hmm. he didn't accept that fight. Now you're saying, hey, you're fighting Stephen Thompson, but if you went against Stephen Thompson, you're probably not going to get a title shot next time. Exactly. So it's just a weird – I mean, Kamzat Shemaev, same thing. If anybody is the underdog here, it's going to be Kamzat Shemaev. Mm-hmm, exactly. Because he's coming in unranked. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, the Shemaev train, people are – oh, yeah. people. Have been I'm on it. Trust me. I'm on the train. I'm on the Shemaev train. Don't worry. I am it's not just... on the hype train for Shemaev at all. I just enjoyed his last knockout. That last knockout was pretty good, though. I will say that. Against Mearshart, even though Mearshart wasn't really prepared for that fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it was actually – not Leon Edwards. It's going to be Geoff Neal and Steven Thompson. Um, I don't know if that got changed. I don't know. This is a weird event, but regardless, it's going to be a stacked event because guess we got Jose Aldo, Marlon Vera. Vera coming off of his win against um, Sean O'Malley, mm-hmm. who I think I, – I didn't step on that train. I thought he was overhyped. I, I was – yeah, I didn't have any really opinions on O'Malley, but that – I um... like his character. I like his character, yeah, but um, but that's that not going to win him fights. Mm-hmm. But that was unfortunate what happened with him in that last fight. That was, it, I mean, his ankle. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. But uh, he'll come back, I hope, someday. Um, so yeah, you got Jose Aldo and Marlon Vera. That's a good, it's a good fight. That's a pretty good fight, yeah. Um, and then light heavyweight, you got uh, Misha Serkinov against Ryan Span. Ryan Spann is the name I'm looking at because he's on a tear right now. Um, actually, he's not. He lost to uh, – he just recently lost to um, – what's his name? Uh, at light heavyweight. I can't uh, come to your aid. I don't know. Ah, uh, dang it. Ah, uh, man. We'll my come friend, back to it. My, yeah, my friend Carlos will be mad at me because that's his favorite fighter. I'm just having a brain fart right now. Ah. Uh, Whatever. We'll get back to it. Uh, Bantamweight. We got Marlon Marias and Rob Font. That's a good fight. Heavyweight, Martin DeBura and Greg Hardy. I don't know what's up with Greg Hardy, but this guy actually is a good fighter. He used to be mm-hmm. a Pro Bowl. Uh, what was it? He was on the O-line? I'm not sure. Is Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Big guy. He comes a fighter. He's really good. Um, so that's a really stacked event on December 19th. Um, and then you got a prelim card between Michelle Pereira. I know you know who that is. So you got to know who Pierre is. He's exactly. Like, I know those. Mm-hmm. One of the funkiest fighters. And it, it's going to be a good card that time. I'm looking at that card overlooking 256 on December 12th. Because 256 isn't even officialized yet. I know. I think that's – and this was just stuff that came out today, too. I think the UFC is probably just going to, like, look at these two things and be like, we need to change something here. I would love to see them try and, like, combine both of them into, like, one super card or something like that. Or they could maybe try and find, like, another title fight or something like that. But um, That's a good idea. So wait, wait, wait. Not a bad idea. I, that reminds me of UFC 244 because there was not a – that was the uh, Diaz-Masvidal um, BMF card. Mm-hmm. Wait, that was the card that Thompson fought at. Okay, I'm being stupid. So now I'm redrawing my memory. So we said Thompson fought last time on the Usman-Woodley card, but it was actually that card on UFC 244 where it was a stacked card but no title fight, and it right. was a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I want something like that again. Like, yeah, if they can have fights. that. Yeah, just a bunch of fights. Just a bunch of – because I don't really see any need for a title fight in the next month or two. I feel like 
maybe with the exception of featherweight at, with Alexander Volkanovsky. I just don't know what that guy's up to right now. Yeah, I don't know either. So I would be like, yeah, let's make a stacked card. Let's put that BMF belt back on uh, back on the line. Maybe even give. Uh, I would have just put Conor McGregor on this next card. He was he wanted to fight again in 2020, but he mm-hmm. only got 40 seconds worth of fighting in 2020. I so know. It's just. It's a I weird would, situation. It'll be interesting to see. I would make like a seven fight, seven fight mega card pay per view with all all fighters being. Notable. And there's already like 10, 12 fights on that last card too, which is crazy. Yeah. And there's just there's no title fight, and we have the Figueredo uh, situation at flyweight because they're gonna, they want to fight again. Um, there was also the news that came out today with uh, the what was it? It was the feather, not the featherweights, the bantamweights, and the current champion because he pulled out for undisclosed reasons. I can't remember his name. I have to look it up because um, I had just came across a post by ESPN MMA not too long ago, and I was really surprised that all of this stuff was happening like 24 hours after this card. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. So per Ariel Hawani, the December 12th, Peter Yan. Aljamain Sterling, 135 title fight is off per sources. No new date yet. Personal reasons for yawn, sources say. Not injury, though. So 256 is back to only having one title fight on the card, Figueredo and Moreno. Well, I know Aljamain Sterling tweeted today um, one word. He said, interim? Question interim? Mark? Ooh, that's not a bad idea either. I would also expect something like that for the UFC to kind of hop on that bandwagon too. It's a good reason. I don't see what else they could do. Well, I, I feel like he's saying that not because he's selfish. He wants the title. I just think he wants to fight. Mm-hmm, exactly. I think um, all these guys wants to fight, but it's cause, just because he won't, he wants to fight for a title and he knows that he's in place to do that, but he doesn't want to have another fight where he has to um, risk losing a title shot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so he, the, t- the title, he just wants the belt wrapped around his waist. Honestly, I think Algermine Sterling's a better fighter than Peter Yan. Um, when, when you look at a guy who's really good on the ground grappling game, Peter Yan's like that, but he's not, he's not that strong. Mm-hmm. You look at Algermine Sterling, he's quick. He's he versatile. Is. He's agile. He, he, he's got endurance. Um, I've only seen Peter Yan fight. I don't know if he's fought in a championship round. So, uh, it's going to be interesting at Bantamweight. If there's a fight that stays on, let's look at the Bantamweight rankings right now and see what possibilities are out there. I also um, haven't seen Peter Yon fight as well. So, Oh, Peter, he doesn't impress me. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Marias and Stur- uh, uh, Marlon Marias had the last Bantamweight shot, and Marias really doesn't impress me, honestly. So, um yeah, so if there's good, I and I agree with this. The number two ranked bandwagon right now is Cody, is Corey Sandhagen, and Algermine Sterling and Corey Sandhagen fight sounds just fine to me. That sounds pretty good, yeah. Like and whoever that, get and whoever wins that should get uh, again interim title shot, and then winner gets title shot. Right. Yep. And then that puts the UFC into into a position to put a champion versus championship bandwagon. Mm-hmm. which is always a hyped card that brings in pay-per-view numbers, even though it's really you know, the last time it was Khabib and Gaethje. Gaethje didn't see himself as a champion because of Khabib. Yeah. But um, 
Speaking of that, before I move on from UFC, because I also want to talk about the Tyson uh, Jones fight this upcoming weekend, um, is where do you think uh, the lightweight division is going to go from here with Khabib Nurmagomedov supposedly retiring? I don't believe it. I think he's going to be back in about a couple years because he's going to realize that he himself misses fighting and that, I don't know, there's a very spiritual reason mm-hmm. why I think Khabib is going to come back because I feel like he's going to have some sort of epiphany saying to himself, my father probably did want me to continue fighting, but for right now, I'm going to focus on being with my family, you know, kind of soak this in. Because mm-hmm. obviously, fighting without his dad, that was emotional. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that that's definitely one of those times where, like, all men cried. Like, yeah. right when Khabib submitted. I cried. I, I absolutely cried when he did that and that reaction that he had afterwards. I don't know, man, because I can understand his reasoning why he would retire with his father passing away and him not being there anymore. And apparently his mother had constantly said to him, like, you just can't do it. She wouldn't allow it. So I can understand that aspect. I don't know. You know, he's not like a McGregor where he says he retires and then immediately comes back, like, within a year. Um, even, like, when uh, George St. Pierre said that he was retiring. He came back and after, ev- like, four years. Eventually came back and fought Bisping. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. This is... This is something that he's probably going to have to play out the on. UFC is the one sport that athletes do that the most. Is I know, it's, which, which is a weird thing for me because they can say one thing and then flip the script another. I don't know. McGregor has done that the most. <laughs> McGregor always But I never that. take him seriously. Exactly. And nobody ever does when he says he retires yeah. either. So um, that uh, fight that McGregor has against um, – what is his name? I can't even remember. They just made it not long ago for January. What? Oh, uh, Poirier McGregor. Yeah, Poirier McGregor too, exactly. And then... um, I think Poirier has a better shot this time. I think he does too. And then they also have to figure out uh, what are they going to do with Ferguson and Gaethje because they can't fight again because that was the interim title shot that they had leading up to Habib. So I don't know. This is also got Dan Hooker in the mix based Mm -hmm. coming off of his win against Paul Felder um you can't forget about him charles Oliveira, and now um who am i thinking of he just signed with the ufc michael chandler uh yeah michael chandler so I, michael chandler I, was the backup for that uh championship fight recently so don't forget about that guy i think we're gonna see another interim title shot before we're gonna see another championship unification belt in that division I don't know. It's I don't just, know how that would work out. I, I don't. I don't know how that would work out either. I, I would think that Gaethje is going to have to be involved in that fight. I would have to think so. It's got to be Gaethje. It's got to be Gaethje. But how do you match make that? They with should make what's a, happened. They should do what the PFL, the professional fighting league, does. It's like a tournament. Oh yeah, they should have like, just like a round by round. Do yeah. like like a do, just fight for five minutes. Whoever you think should move on. <laughs> Basically, that'd be that's something. That'd actually be kind of fun. I mean, if you change fun, things yeah. up, um, but what actually is fun. That's coming up. Um, uh, fight. What, what what is it? Uh, Ultimate Fighter is coming back in March. Yes, it is exactly. That's gonna be exciting. That though, mm-hmm. that's the show that saved USC back in its heyday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just. Yeah, that's a lot of exciting stuff for UFCs to come. Exactly. And um, I think that's been the basis of this conversation. Yes, a lot of exciting stuff has happened um, in the past few months with the coronavirus and, you know, us being able to be entertained at home while two people beat each other up. And it, it it's just, I've, been, I've really enjoyed UFC. And 
Um, and what I've really actually admired most is the camaraderie between all the athletes. There's so much commotion going on in the world. People are, you know, um, you know, with all the movements going on and, you know, adversity, everyone, you know, you see these two guys fight each other, two guys, two girls fight each other. And then at the end of the fight, they all come together and they embrace yeah, and they respect really each nice. other. And that's, that's what I, that's, that's what I love about this sport so much is that you could beat each other up and nearly kill your opponent and hug them at the end. Exactly. That's why I really like that could be Gaethje fight. Cause there was just no drama. There was just no bad blood or anything. It was just like two really dominant guys just showcasing their skills. Just no extra curricular mm-hmm. activities of any time. It was just one thing and one thing only. And when the fight was over, they're like, I love you, man. Like it was just that that camaraderie just was so nice to see. So it that it was just something that gave me just put a smile on my face, especially during yeah. this time. Oh yeah, especially. And that's what we need right now. Is oh, yeah. that. And uh, what we need right now is Mike Tyson back. And I He's just, coming back on Saturday. That's crazy to me. Isn't that crazy to think about? I'm not, I'm, not a big, I'm, not, I'm not a big boxing fan, but I'll definitely tune in for that Mike Tyson fight for sure. Well, that's a pay-per-view fight. You got to crack, go on like crack streams or something. Yeah, I got to find some streaming. If, I find, so, if I find something, I'll pr- I promise I'll send it to oh, you. Okay, please do. I'm, <laughs> That'd be really nice. I'm, I'm, I'm very good at that. <laughs> I hope the government is not listening to me right now. Yeah, please don't hurt us. <laughs> don't hurt me. I just want to watch these fights. <laughs> I just fights. want to watch this fight. I already paid for a pay-per-view card. <laughs> don't worry. I paid for it on Saturday. Really, yes, of course. Of course. Yes. 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 <laughs> nah. But in all seriousness, I'm not even, like, discussing who I think is going to win. Like, that to me, in an exhibition fight between guys that are in their 50s, legends i'm just talking about the legends coming back and like willing to entertain us i just want to see a good fight i want to see it's also for charity too mm-hmm. um if i'm correct and like um nate robinson and who else is fighting who's fighting nate robinson um that guy that youtuber who i kind of hate oh was it logan paul logan paul um, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> when i said i kind of hate him you knew who he was i knew who he is i don't really like logan paul either so which is why people want to tune into the fight uh former chicago bull nate robinson exactly i he mean but you would never see this in the ufc though no You'd never know because it's that legitimacy that ufc likes to bring so this is entertainment it, like, it is it is entertaining but is there, th- is there bre- bets is there like uh prop bets for this fight for the Mike i would Tyson like fight? to think so i i, can't I just don't see how I, there is but here's the thing is is i wouldn't want to bet on that fight that makes sense too like because- i just thought that's the type of thing like i want to watch it without feeling pressure like i want to enjoy the moment that mike tyson is back you know and yeah and that's kind of how it feels like with these you know these two like obviously legends fighting yeah, and I like, don't i'm not gonna let that overshadow the fact that roy jones jr is also a legend mm-hmm. and then just like i don't i don't know i i honestly could not say if there's any betting odds or anything because i'm not i'm not a big betting guy so i couldn't tell you yeah i i'm more i actually started recently getting into betting uh i have lost zero dollars and have made zero dollars out of many bets nice. i made my way back last night because I was down 30 bucks. I was at, I, I put in like 200, lost 30. Uh, I, I actually, I bet 50 bucks on uh, the World Series game. What was that crazy game where Tampa Bay had that walk-off? I think it was like game six, I believe. I bet 50, no, it was game five. It was game five. It was mm-hmm. game five because that's what forced to game six. Or 
Yeah, whatever. Uh, I bet that game 50 bucks on the Dodgers, and they were about to win, and they lost. And then I built my way up from there. And now uh, yeah. I've broken back to even because mm-hmm. last night I made a bet for Davidson Figueredo to win in the first rounds. 15 bucks on him to do that because oh, it's a better payout. And I won. Now I'm back to and even. And he did it, yeah. It's, so. it's, <laughs> that, that, that Thanos, that everlasting exchange, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's yeah. why I could never get into it. Well, the reason why I like doing that is because if I'm like, like last week, I was watching the San Francisco 49er game against, I forgot who it was. Um, It was just a blowout game. San Francisco was losing. And I was just like, okay, let me just bet on the spread, make things interesting. And San Francisco had to score two touchdowns in which they did. And I was like, yeah, let's go. And they're like down like 20 points. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like that. It just makes things more interesting. Like put like a dollar on something and then like hope to win at least something because it's just fun. And that's how you get new fans. It makes yeah. it more entertaining. I also really... love Las Vegas because I've been there a few times and the Westgate Hotel, the sports page over there, it's it's a mm-hmm. great it's a it's a I cool love Vegas scene. Too. Yeah. People probably despise it because they've probably lost their life savings there. But <laughs> yeah. I don't plan but, to do that. I don't but that's think Vegas, baby. That, yeah, that's Vegas, baby. Whatever stays there, stays there. Mm-hmm. I did not have any moment in Vegas. I remember everything, unfortunately. I think I had a I think I played a slot machine one time and won 22 cents or something like that. So Congrats, that's all man. I can do. Like, yeah, it's just 22 cents after I put in like after Three 20 cents bucks. away from a gumball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not my not too much Jack I can hit, brag about. I was at uh, the Hard Rock Cafe in Florida before the pandemic hit in January. I, my first two blackjack hands, the minimum bet's 15. So I'm like, okay, I'm a broke college kid coming in. I'm just going to put 15. I, I, if you know blackjack, the number was 15 and the dealer had like 19. I'm like, okay, hit me. Card comes up as a six and I hit Ooh. blackjack and I'm like, let's go. My uh. <laughs> <laughs> first ever blackjack hand. I'm like, oh, let's nice. go. And the dealer cuts, I was watching the dealer like for like five hands before I came in. And they, he was winning like every single hand. And I'm like, all right, I want to beat this guy. Come in and win 50 <laughs> bucks. I'm like, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> I take my 15 bucks and buy a beer. <laughs> nice. Love to see it. Yeah. But yeah, um so before you go, um you're we also mentioned that you are a photographer for DePaul Sports. Um DePaul basketball in particular, you also did DePaul hockey, which I've covered myself. Um but now are you planning on coming back to Chicago? I doubt it. No. But no, yeah. Unfortunately. That's okay. I know. I've, I've. Now that I look back on it, it was the right decision to stay here. On I East think Coast. so too. And you mm-hmm. look pretty comfortable in your your little space yeah. there. The which little, I am it's too. definitely a little different taste of life out here than compared to the Midwest. So but you're safe and yeah. you're doing what you got to do, and you're able to do it with the technology that we have at our disposal. Um, but unfortunately, you can't, you know, do photos of the DePaul game or anything. But gotta admit. Uh, last season that you did it, this previous season was pretty exciting. It was until until it hit the midway. Until the conference hit. Oh until, man, yeah, man. Yeah, we can talk about that for hours and hours, but yeah, no, no, that's a, time. that's a that's a time. That's, that's a, another. Story. That's a discussion for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, what what I want to talk about the NBA draft because um, the big guy that um was the biggest guy on DePaul's team, the Paul Reed. Mm-hmm. I call him DePaul Reed. DePaul Reed, yeah. His name is Paul Reed, but I always call him DePaul Reed because that's you know that's his roots. Mm-hmm. Um, just recently got drafted at 58th in the second going round. To Phillies. Going, going to, to Philly. Philly, crazy. Um, 
I got you know, gotta love it, man. Congrats to Paul Reed. Um, cause I, I've had my own pleasure talking to him and, uh, getting to know the guy and he, he, he's definitely very driven and he obviously has big dreams and that's why he left as a junior. He wants, he wants to get, he wants to get into the nitty gritty now mm-hmm. for him. To I, even get- a, I even had a class with him, uh, when I first came to DePaul too, we had a, what was it? It was a sports class with Joe Riley, a sports live event in production. He was, you know, cool as a cucumber, but you could tell that like he really loved what he was doing. So of course, oh yeah, props to him. He's also he's also just a great team guy. I think he really appreciates that he's able to. It, it was a little harder to to do it with this team because it it's just different characters on this team with DePaul. Mm-hmm. I would say. Um, but I think the, I think Paul Reed. I was about to say to Paul Reed again. DePaul I gotta Reed. stop, I know, I gotta stop just, that. Yeah. Um, I think he's a very good guy to play with as long as um, he's got, you got to get along with the guy. Mm-hmm. And as a professional player now, I don't think that's going to be as hard. So I really think he's going to flourish, especially with a, a, a young. I would hope a younger core in, in Philly. He can build around Ben Simmons, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm happy for Paul Reed. So good exactly. for him. Yeah, me too. I mean, you look, you look at him off the bat and you'd have to imagine that he's some like NBA player because of how tall he is too. Crazy okay, height. Six, nine. Oh my six God. nine. I don't even know how wide his I remember ta- I remember talking either. to him standing up one time. <laughs> I know you stand like, <laughs> Five, you, six. you stand I'm... in the same room as him and he just towers over you. It's crazy. Oh my God. It's just ridiculous. But Hey, I mean, again, props to him for doing what he needs to do, um, especially on a team that collapsed halfway through the season. He was still averaging double-doubles per game. So that was pretty nice of him. A little injury set him off at the end of the season there, but uh, was able to come back from that and secure a spot with Philly. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just – yeah, can't wait to see what Paul Reed is going to be up to. I'm excited to see what this uh, basketball season is going to – hold for DePaul I mean I I'm gonna keep my expectations the same from last year yeah I'm not gonna get overhyped about each win I'll take them as they come I'll embrace them but Mm -hmm. um non-conference is not the same as Big East yeah oh man yeah but I mean we we learned that the hard way last year the best moment was the Texas Tech game I'll say Texas oh yeah that Texas Tech game was something else and yeah and also to beat Butler while they were number five that was awesome that was also pretty cool that's yeah mm-hmm. like i said conversation for another day we're not gonna because i know if i start talking about that i'm gonna rant yeah so will i i <laughs> I, I just remember ranting so much about that back in those old days at radio DePaul sports which i miss so much i remember my last moments my last moment in the radio DePaul sports studio i was doing my show a different show uh action heights with my friend ben dutrek um, who some of you here on Money Mass Sports Talk are familiar with because he's been on here. Um, we're doing a show, and literally everyone got a notification at like 4.30 that day that we're officially in a pandemic. So my last moments not in a pandemic was in the Radio DePaul Sports Studio. Oh, man. And I remember the day after I had heard about it, too. I did my show with Sammy Stats. Uh, we are talking Sammy. about the NA- Yeah, good old Sammy. Uh and we would just came on just to try and discuss things and stuff like that. But that was also one of my final moments was in that radio DePaul station as well. Yeah. 
for sure. And I've, I've talked talky with you a few times in that mm-hmm. studio too, which I know you were pretty, pretty before we go, actually might as well talk a little hockey. What were your thoughts on Stanley cup? Now you're a capitals fan. Mm-hmm. Which... Disappointing capitals showcase there. Okay, come on. Give me, just be happy about 2017. Yeah, I know. 2018, <laughs> 2018, 2017, exactly. 18. I know, but oh, man, but you got to understand that that dynamic just doesn't exist anymore because you know, you win a Stanley Cup and then you immediately fire or you don't fire, you let go of your head coach and he beats you in the first round of this playoff. So that's a little embarrassing. Nice. But you know Sorry. I was just uh I wasn't even mad about that. I was more happy for um can't even, remember, can't even remember his name who coached Kucherov? us to that. Um no. Oh, no. That's who I was happy for. I'm thinking of the head coach for um can't. Barry Trotz. What yeah. I thinking? Yeah. I was really happy for him to see. Oh, yeah, you, you got to be happy for that guy. Yeah, exactly. And then the way that he did it, too, in five games. But the whole playoffs, of course, was just great to see. No Hockey positive. was the best sport, best team sport that ran. Of course. And, of course, no positive COVID tests because they were up in Canada. They did their thing. They quarantined. They were in their bubbles. Um, and it was also really cool to see Dallas and Tampa get to the finals as they did. And Tampa finally – getting over that hump of winning the cup, which was also really nice. It was almost like it wasn't real because there was just so many things that were unexpected given with the sport and the pandemic that it almost made it seem like it just didn't exist. Right. But it was still just so much fun to watch. I agree. Well, when, wait, when do we even think this season's going to start? I don't know. I'm like antsy right now. Do we start with like a – a Winter Classic game or something? <laughs> Worth uh, the only like, indication is no, we can't do Winter Classic. Obviously, obviously, no fans. Do but, like a um, pond hockey game? Yeah, I'll some pond dope. hockey game like up in Alaska or something. I don't know, <laughs> but um, the only indication that I can give is that they haven't announced next season at all. You know, the owners and players have been meeting, you know, on and off, trying to discuss when they can get back. And, and in the meantime, work. free agency is, is mm-hmm. happening, and the free agency. Um, the draft happened uh, not long ago as well. Like two weeks ago? Yeah, I think no more than a month. Um, But, you know, the NBA has announced that they're going to come back by the beginning of the year. Um, The minor league, the AHL, is also coming back at the beginning of next year as well, which is kind of how I've been indicating things as well. That is true. They decided they weren't going to play their playoffs uh, because of the pandemic, but had announced however long ago that they were going to restart things back in January. So wait from last season? From no, I'm sorry, I misspoke. That they're well, going okay. to they're gonna they're gonna start a new season. They're going to start a new season in January, not yeah. continue with what happened in uh, a little weird March. gap for the Calder Cup. Exactly. But um I can't tell you, dude, because the only thing that could make it uh, make sense is if they played it like what happened in the 2012 lockout where half the season wasn't played and then they came back around January, February, played Good half point. the season until April and then just and then like beyond Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm, 2013. Yeah, sorry but, I had to mention it. But I, and I don't I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind that at all. But it's okay. No, um, we're not going to get that anytime soon. So we're uh, – <laughs> So the, the thing is, is that they're really running out of time if they want to get this started soon. And if they do decide to get it started soon, maybe we'll see some summer hockey. I don't know, man, because 
they can't scrap this all together within a month and just call it a new season. So I don't know. It's going to take a while. But I'm also at the same time not blaming the NHL for that. Mm-hmm. They're not setting expectations. They're not like the NBA. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to start on the 22nd. But then who knows? Maybe the NBA can't start on the 22nd. Exactly. They, they misled people and set expectations. NHL is just taking it you know, week by week and making sure that everything is safe. Which and right now, it's not. And it's not going to be the same like when they had the bubbles, too, because it's just the playoffs. They're going to have to play the whole regular season between each city, yeah. probably with nobody in attendance, which is fine. And then just have to deal with it like how the NFL is doing things now. Uh, but, but the thing about NFL is you're only playing 16 games in a season and you're only traveling eight times. Exactly. And they're going to have to figure out all those games, you know. Baseball was definitely the hardest. But then yet again, they traveled within their own division. Mm-hmm. And then they had their own disagreements between the league and the players union as well yeah. for when they would start as well. So. I don't know. You just can't compare any of these leagues to each other with this situation. It's just yeah. so – it's like apples to So it makes us very – yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a weird fruit combination. <laughs> you picked a very interesting fruit combination. I you never that. heard that phrase before, apples to oranges? No, I've not. Really? That's what? like one of the oldest metaphors in the book. I, I feel like I've been left out of society then for some yeah, time. I guess so. Apples to oranges. <laughs> So have I, but that's all right. <laughs> Everyone has. Uh, my the only life for me right now is Mariano's Deli for forty hours a week. Nice, nice. <laughs> and this show, uh, at points, mm-hmm. yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's been uh, quite quite the times here with the coronavirus pandemic. It's affected a lot of people, especially sports and um, our lives. In which I'm really happy that you're able to uh, join me during these times and. Um, these circumstances on Zoom, but still feels like we're connected and talking to each other as we would if we were back in studio together. Exactly. I, I really Thanks for having me on, by the way. Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Anytime, man. And I appreciate you uh, getting me involved with the DePaulia article, which um, I've definitely missed doing. For sure. Yeah, I've been, I mentioned at the beginning, I don't know if I'm going to edit that part into this, but I really miss doing homework. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that in a million years. But I know. I feel like a lot of people say that when they leave college, though. I don't know. Hmm. It's a weird thing. I've never heard that. It's just I feel like I've had, why I'm... I've had a couple friends from undergrad say that. I don't know if it's true or not because I haven't had that taste yet. So, But right, here's the thing. Knowing me, once you give me homework, the first thing I'm going to be like, yeah, I regret saying that. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah my girlfriend olivia she she's also in journalism so i'm like hey, olivia if you want me to do some of your homework for you yeah let me know and then you actually and do the she, homework and, like, and she's like yeah no do you think you can give me some leads on a story and i'm like no i'm playing uh war zone right now <laughs> so but bro yeah. i really appreciate your time today ryan it's been an absolute pleasure we talked about ufc talked some uh, DePaul basketball briefly and now just ended it with some hockey I really enjoyed our time we had together tonight of course thank you so much dude of course it's been awesome so once again this is Ryan Gilroy Ryan do you want to um, tag yourself I mean we already did in the, the episode so I don't feel like uh, RP Gilroy on, 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 on social media go right ahead I'll do I'll do the pleasure for him sounds good um, but for sure man I appreciate that a lot uh, so coming up next year, Monday Mass Sports Talk, uh, we'll get into some week, what was it, 11 this week? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. This is your show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
uh, we're gonna we're we're gonna get there at some point. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you guys. We'll be back in the next segment. Welcome back to Monday Matter Sports Talk. My name is Noah Festenstein, bringing you back in here to episode 184, November 23rd, 2020. Here, it's Ambassadors and Elenium in your arms. And now it's time for the NFL Week 11 segment. Not really week 11. I'm really talking Bears because they didn't play this week, but I didn't get a chance, of course, to talk about them the past few weeks where they've been on a losing stretch. Very stressful losing stress, if you may say. So let's get it going. And uh, I don't really know really know where to start with this Bears team. Um, we could start with the O-line. We could start with the coaching. We could start with the quarterbacks. We could start with, you know, I, I, I mean... The only silver line I could take out of all these games is that the Bears have been in every single game, with the exception of I forgot what team they lost to by a lot. I don't know. But for the most part, the Bears can't seem to get their offense together. They got a team in the NFC North that's been averaging nearly 30 points a game in the Green Bay Packers, and the Bears can't even average 20. So there's a problem in it itself, if, especially if you want to be a playoff team. This year, the playoffs are expanded, so the Bears should have a better chance. But when they started 5-1, and one, we thought, oh, wow, Bears have a, a chance, but they're kind of a bad 5-1 and one team. That's what I was saying in the past few episodes when they were 5-1. and one. I was like, this is a bad 5-1 and one team, like... Like the worst five and one team I've seen, so rightfully so. Now they're five and five, so that's at least something I can say is that's I that's something I can believe. This does look more of a five and five team than a seven and three team, and that needs to be fixed right now. Uh, how is that going to be fixed? It's kind of hard when this team is has a little bit of toxicity within itself. I think that. There's not really good chemistry on this O-line. There's not really good chemistry between the coaches and the players. There's something, there's just something seems to be wrong behind this black curtain that is the Chicago Bears. Um, obviously, there's injuries on this O-line that has been keeping uh, Nick Foles from having time to make his passes. Um, and David Montgomery is injured, so you don't have a guy who can run up the middle. Cordell Patterson can do that, but he's not hes not a natural running back. Um Harris, we you know with his recent uh, ac- uh with his recent act um act uh, I don't know how to say it, the verb being active but it's just a lot going on with this Bears team that is wrong rather than right and that's what is continually making them lose these games so now. With this per- with this recent bye week is a perfect chance to regroup, reset, get your players healthy again, get that O line uh, trained, get some cardio going, because um, especially with this defense, this defense is one of the best in the leagues, which have been keeping the Bears in every single game. And I defenses can win championships, but when you have an offense that can't stay on the field for more than two downs. 
that defense is going to come back on the field tired, and that's not going to be healthy. So this Bears team has a lot to work on, especially in the next few weeks. Um, you got the Green Bay Packers coming up this Sunday night football. Um, I think under the spotlight, under that kind of pressure, the Bears should be able to thrive. They've done it before this season. I think they, they can do it again. Now, it's going to be hard against Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had a great game yesterday against the Indianapolis Colts. Colts of course, it wasn't enough because the Colts were able to win in overtime. Um, and what surprised me the most was the Packers weren't able to take advantage of the nine or ten holding calls that the offense got called on yesterday for the Indianapolis Colts. If you don't win or at least give yourself a chance to win with those amount of penalties then I don't know what to say because this Green Bay Packers team isn't that great either. They're, they're, they're just not. I mean, they're 7-3. and three. Yeah, their offense is explosive. If the Bears had the Packers offense or the Packers had the Bears defense, the Packers would be great and the Bears would be great. Like, simply said. Um, but that's, of course, not how it goes. And we're going to see. It's going to be an interesting game on Sunday. But if the Bears offense can score at least 10 points a quarter... Give me 10 points a quarter. That's all you need. Get a, Give them a touchdown. Give them a couple touchdowns. Just average that a quarter. How hard can that? I mean, it's hard because it's professional football. And you have nearly two injured quarterbacks for the Bears, which I'll get to in a second. Come on. The only touchdown that was scored in the previous Bears game was was a touchdown uh, a touchdown return by Cordell Patterson. The offense didn't even score a touchdown. Come on. It's frustrating. It doesn't make sense sometimes. It's just like, wow. It's very stressful to be a Bears fan. But, um, I mean, it's it's easy to say, though, that we're used to it. But when you start 5-1 and one, and you lose four straight and you're out of playoff contention just like that, it's going to get stressful. So here I say you got 5-5, five and five, you're on a bye, you got six games left. Reset. Let's win four out of this next six games and make the playoffs. Because if you can do that, you're 10-9-7. and You're, nine and seven. you're probably in a play, in position to make the playoffs with an expanded playoff field. Maybe. I would even give it. I'd be more comfortable winning five out of the next six. Beat the Packers. You got to beat the Packers one out of the two. That's a given. You got to beat the Vikings in that second game, and you got to beat the Lions in that second game. Those are two huge games because if the Bears just recently lost to the Vikings uh, the week before this previous loss. Wait, no, that was the last game. My bad. The Bears losing against the Vikings. They have to win again against them the second time because the Vikings are also in a position to get a wild card spot. You need to win those games. And if you can't, you're not a playoff team. So, even that right now, I don't even like the Bears team as a playoff team. I don't think they should make the playoffs based on how they've played. But if they make the right adjustments, if they can reset and win some games now, I feel like they can do it. But... They're not a Super Bowl team unless they magically some mad some magic fairy godmother comes around and whips her wand out at Nick Foles and says, now you're an all-star quarterback. Then I'll believe it. 
But no, Nick Foles kind of sucks. And that sucks to say that he sucks, but he really does suck. And it's frustrating. Um, Tyler Bray is the backup backup. So he's probably might get a couple plays on Sunday. I want Trubisky back. So here's the thing. Nick Foles. Okay. I may have it over exaggerated. He sucks. He still kind of sucks, but he still is an okay quarterback. So if let's say you get the old line situation figured out, which I I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. You're still going to have a quarterback that isn't as effective that can escape the pocket. If you have a bad O-line like this and you have a quarterback that's performing just as bad as the quarterback he took out in week two, bring back that quarterback he took out in week two because you know he can run. You want a quarterback that can run, right? And that's Mitch Trubisky. He can escape the pocket. That's why you draft him, drafted him in the first place. Get this guy back in. I want Trubisky back because if you can give him this amount of rest for Trubisky, he's going to be healthy. He's going to be energized and rejuvenated. He's going to want to win these football games, especially against this NFC North, which four out of the next six games, the last six games are going to be. So, uh, yeah, um, there's the bears for you. Also, Matt Nagy coach of the year. 20, what? (laughs) 18, 17. I don't know. I keep forgetting my years sometimes. It doesn't look like the coach of the year right now. He looks like the bad coach of the year. Along with Matt LaFleur. All these coaches in the NFC North kind of suck. I don't know what what it is with the NFC North coaches. At least it's not as bad as the NFC East. Alright? Let's take a look at these NFL standings before we make our way to our next segment here. Um... Because this NFC East is absolutely horrid. You got a three-way tie between the Giants, Washington, and Dallas. Three and seven there all are. Behind a game just because the Eagles tied. The Eagles are in first place with a three, six, and one record. Everyone has three wins in that division. Through... How many games is that combined? Three and seven, that's 10. So that's 40 games combined. 12 out of the 40 games in the NFC, that the NFC East has played, they've won. Think about that. 12 out of the 40 games combined. The NFC, and think about it this way. The NFC East, they play each other. So one of the one of those two teams have to win. And yet still, 12 out of the 40 times that this division has played, they've won. 12 times. That's insane. How do you do that? And one tie. One tie. And then 27 losses. That's insane. Um, let's look at the NFC West. Seahawks, 7 and 3. Over the Rams, who are six and three, and the Cardinals, who are six and four. 49ers, the ex, uh, you may say, NFC champions, now current NFC losers at four and six. 
Let's go down to the NFC North. We already mentioned it. The Green Bay Packers are seven and three. Bears five and five. Vikings four and six. And Lions are four and six. So you got to fight there for an NFC Wild Card spot because then you got the Saints at eight and two. Buccaneers in seven and three. You know they're going to probably make the playoffs. Panthers at four and seven. Falcons at three and seven. So the good news for the Bears, if we're going to take a silver lining out of these standings, is that they're they're lucky that the NFC sucks. They're lucky that um, the NFC South has only one wild card team. There's going to be, what, three or four? So, I think three wild card teams because you got four. Yeah, so seven total playoff teams. You got four um, division champions and three wild card spots, the top three in the league. Um, right now, that's not the case for the Bears. They got three teams in front of them with the Rams, Cardinals, and Buccaneers with the Panthers in the NFC South coming back at four and seven. And then you got the uh, Rams at six and three, Cardinals at six and four, and then the 49ers are still kind of in the hunt at four and six, alongside the Vikings and Lions at four and six. So the Bears have a lot of work to do. They're just lucky that the NFC East sucks so much that there's probably not going to be a wild card team that comes out of that division. Um so We'll see about that. Let's look at the AFC Conference. American Football Conference at the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills having a great season. 7-3 and three so far. And now in front of another great team, oddly, in the Miami Dolphins, 6-4. and four. The New England Patriots in 4-6. and six. And if there's a team that could be worse than the Bears and all of the NFC East teams combined, it's the New Jersey Debt or New York Jets. I like calling them the New Jersey Jets because it makes sense. I don't know why. I think they should play in Jersey. They should be named Jersey, even though they play in Jersey. I don't know. Anyways, they they suck. They're 0-10. AFC West. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs 9-1 on a five-game winning streak. So, team to look out for. Possibly a back-to-back Super Bowl champions in them, I'd say. Maybe make that prediction right now. I think it might be for Chiefs and Seahawks or Packers. I'm going to guess Seahawks that come out of the NFC. But I think this Kansas City Chiefs team is too good. But then another team that's too good that's actually better than that 9-1 team is the Steelers in the AFC North who are 10-0. 10-0 for the Steelers in the AFC North. So um, that's going to be a very interesting American Football Conference playoffs, especially if the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, Pittsburgh Steelers meet up. Um, then you got the Cleveland Browns; they're seven and three, and the Baltimore uh, Ravens six and four. Cincinnati Bengals two and seven. Their season's clearly over, but um, the storyline yet was yesterday was Jordan Burrow tearing his ACL plus other implementing injuries that happened uh, during that. So, uh, all my thoughts go out to Jordan Burrow. I hope he does okay in his recovery. Obviously, have all offseason. He should be back by the beginning of the next season. He doesn't really have to play because they're 2-7 and seven and 1. Do you really care about the one tie that the Bengals have? Um, but, yeah. Let's hope for a quick recovery there for Jordan Burrow because he ha- he's had a good season so far. Especially... Um, and his first season, which a lot of 
rookie quarterbacks nowadays, or at least recently, haven't been able to say. Um, let's look at the AFC South. The Indianapolis Colts, after yesterday's win, move up to 7-3. and Tied with the Tennessee Titans. That's a really good division right there. Competitive between the Colts and Titans. Then the Houston Texans at 3-7. and um, And the Jaguars at 1-9. and um, I didn't get finished the AFC West here. The AFC West... Kansas City Chiefs nine and one, Raiders six and four, Broncos four and six, and Chargers three and seven. Um, that's it for the NFL standings here through week eleven. Alrighty, folks, I think that's it for football. If anyone is okay with that, I'm okay with it. I think this been very. I think it's going to be very interesting in the AFC. I think that's going to be a very competitive conference. I'm more interested in what happens there than what happens at the Bears because the Bears just don't seem interesting to me right now even though they, they they can utilize this bye week, regenerate, regroup, reassemble, redo everything that they've done in the first 10 weeks and really put a showing here uh, upcoming on Sunday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers. Um, even if the Bears don't make the playoffs, I still want to see a win against Green Bay. I do. Just let us brag about something. We've already beat we've already beat Brady this season. Let's beat Rodgers. And let's beat my voice cracks cuz I'm nah. <laughs> it's okay. We'll get them next time. Alrighty, folks. That has been your football segment here today. We'll move on to esports coming up next. Uh I'm going to be talking about um the new Black Ops game, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I have not played the campaign yet. I don't like playing campaign. I'm more of a multiplayer kind of guy. And zombies. I'm going to be talking about that. And a couple more video games coming up here on the newest segment of Monday Mass Sports Talk here on the 184th edition, November 23rd, 2020. Be back in just a bit. Stay tuned. episode of Monday Mana Sports Talk with your host Noah Festenstein here with a new segment of Monday Mana Sports Talk and to start us off here is Time Flies All the Way Alright, let's get it going So yes, this is a new type of site, so I've done this sort of thing before, I've talked esports I've done that stuff but through this pandemic, uh, it's been staying at home. It's been being in your room. So what does that tell you? It tells you that you're probably, if you're me, Noah Festenstein, you're probably going to be playing video games. So that's what I've been up to a lot when I'm stressed, when I'm coming home from work and I just want to, you know, be in my room and play with people online and get mad at them instead of getting mad at myself. But that's just Call of Duty for you in a nutshell. Um, so let's review some video games because I know esports is a huge market right now. And it has flourished with people being at home, you know, having the social distance. And video games is a way to hang out with friends online and have fun. You know, you go to a friend's house, you play a split screen on their TV. Um, 
it's not as fun when you could be playing on your own screen in your own room doing your own thing um but you're still on mic with them and you're having fun and i think that's what's been all about this pandemic at least for me in terms of video games is hanging out with my friends via that and it's been a lot of fun and thank god for for call of duty warzone because that game is a lot of fun it's it's stressful but it's a lot of fun um and i've already done my review on warzone i did something like that i didn't fully review it but um not like i'm about to review call of duty black ops cold war now um before i start i was never going to get this game because i remember my friend pre-ordered it played the beta of it and was like this is the worst game call of duty has ever produced and i'm already asking them for my money back i'm like okay well that's fine but i really heard that the zombies mode is really good so i might want to get it but i then my I, I looked at other reviews online and it just wasn't very favorable for this game but recently it's a little side story here i work at mariano's in arlington heights um and mariano's employees get bonuses per se for working during the pandemic um and the bonus is you get a hundred dollars of store credit now if mariano's executives are listening to this right now please don't fire me because everyone's doing this now because i've done it um thought about the idea of not using the money that mariano's gives me on credit just for mariano's grocery store supplies no 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 i don't need that stuff i mean yeah i need groceries but i'm not the one who buys the groceries um so <laughs> mariano sells gift cards and i bought a 60 dollar <laughs> xbox gift card and i used that to buy call of duty black ops cold war so thank you mariano's for buying possibly the worst game i've ever owned in my life if you may say i am super happy that i did not spend my own money on this game i'm super happy i'd give it a three out of a ten Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I, it's a 3 out of 10 for me. I'm a huge fan of the original Black Ops, the OG. It felt like a video game. This feels like a video game. Now, here's some upsides to Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. It feels video game -y. You got the health bar on top of zombies and uh, your opponents in multiplayer. But if I were to use one word to describe this game, like it, the way it feels video gamey, the one word I describe that to kind of put the cherry on top is bland. This game is bland. And it like it doesn't have taste on it. You don't add the salt. You don't add the pepper on it. There's not there's not that to this game. I feel like the salt and pepper was put more towards the zombies mode than it was towards the multiplayer mode. It just doesn't feel good. Like and also the loadouts it, it you know you have to work a little bit for them. It's hard to kill people. Um, in the game, when you have a bad gun at the beginning, it's just, I don't want to waste my time doing that. It's just, it's frustrating. Um, I maybe need to play the game a little bit more to kind of fully get the grasp of it, but it's just, I, I just don't like the feel of the game. I don't like CIA versus Spetsnaz. It's just a weird, it's just... It's just weird to me. Um, so the here I say, if you plan on getting Black Ops Cold War, be ready to be at least somewhat disappointed. Because this this game is not 
a $60 game for me. It's more like a $20 game that is pre-owned at GameStop. That's the kind of game that I, I feel like I just bought with Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Now, I haven't gotten into the campaign. I've heard some things about the campaign, but like I said at the beginning, I'm not a campaign player. I'm more of a multiplayer player because I like playing with other people. Um, and zombies, let's talk about zombies uh, in Call of Duty um, Cold War, Black Ops Cold War. Um, it's a really cool mode. Die Machine, I think is what, how you pronounce it, is the map. Um, I'm really excited for the DLC maps to come out because I heard there's a nuke down zombies coming out, which I definitely would want. Um, I really enjoy the zombies mode. I would give the zombie mode 8 out of 10 because um, it makes me feel like I'm, I don't know what the right word is, but it makes me feel like I'm actually killing zombies because they're actually powerful. You get up to level 10 and you get the dogs and then the dogs are like mutated and then you get up to level 15, which I've done already. And, and then, you know, you get giant monster mutating into two. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's like really scary. And then I get jump scares from this game because I think when you get down to the laboratory where they, um, so the game is, you remember in, um, you know how, you know, the Nazis in the first Black Ops, uh, you know, figured out teleportation. Now here, um, I feel, I think the Germans, I don't know who it was, figured out interdimensional travel. So when you get to, um, the when you get the power on you you can also turn on what's called an anomaly which the anomaly is able to take you to different dimensions where if you kill the zombie they float up in the air into the heavens or there's another dimension where it's a dance party the zombies don't kill you but then they're dancing to cool music for about a minute and then you go back to killing them so that dance session dimension it's a good time to re-up on weapons and whatever, but it's also a good time to dance with zombies because, you know, you don't get to dance with zombies because you're always killing them all the time. Why can't you just have a moment and not kill them and not have them kill you and just have fun dancing? That's my favorite part of the game. <laughs> um, but with the zombies mode, it's very hard sometimes to move around um the moving process a little you can't double sprint like you can do in modern warfare warzone um you can't do that stuff it's just you have to get used to the game if you play a lot of warzone because the the game mechanics are different the mechanics are just different and maybe that's why a lot of people don't like it because it's different um black ops 4 was like that, but people like that because I think the maps were good. The maps on this game for Black Ops Cold War is I. I like the ship one. I think that's my favorite because um, it's bigger and it's got layers to it, and I like that about a map. Um, but yeah, I, I think it. Like I said, three out of ten for this Black Ops game. Um, I'm doing all right. I got the best KD of my life so far. I'm not gonna say it because it's still not that great, but. I'm doing all right. All right, it's a 1.2, guys. Katie is a 1.2. You're welcome. But if you want to play with me, let me know. My gamer tag is Genoa Noah, like Genoa Salami, but it's G E N O A space Noah. 
um, based on my deli clerk nickname, uh, Genoa Noah. So, uh, yeah, um, that's Black Ops Cold War for you, um, in a nutshell. Uh, if you plan on getting the game and you really want it, I'm not trying to dis- discourage you from getting it. I just want you to be prepared. Mechanics are a little different. Um, the zombies mode is pretty good. I, I That's my favorite part of the game. Um, so, just get it. Let me know what you think. Some people really like it. Some people really don't. That's fine. You're always going to get those mixed reactions. But for me, it's a 3 out of 10. End of story. So, that is my video game review segment. Um, next show, I'll probably be doing NHL 21 because this is a sports show too. So, I also play sports video games. I have been playing NHL for a very long time. I think NHL, I enjoy playing NHL more than I do playing COD. So, because, you know, I don't get killed in that game. I only get to get scored on. So, that's different. Um, also, if anyone has NBA 2K21, I'm not going to get it because um, I'm not great. I'm, I'm terrible at that game, so I don't really see the point of getting it. But let me know how it is because I might want to talk about that one as well. Um, so, yeah, that's that for uh, my video game review segment here on the 184th edition of Monday Mass Sports Talk. We're approaching the last segment of the day, and that is going to be my DraftKings Sportsbook draft. Or not draft. What, what am I talking about? My sports bets. My sports bets picks of the week. The first time in the last segment here on the 184th edition of Money Mass Sports Talk. Now. Now. Um. Let me see here. Uh. So, yeah. I'm going to go to my sports book app on my phone. We're going to go through some of the games that we're, we're looking forward to this week. Make some bets make some predictions, and we'll end the show from there. So, be back in just a bit. Stick around. Welcome back to Money Man of Sports Talk. My name is Noah Festenstein, bringing you back into this last segment of the day. Today on the 184th edition of Monday Man Sports Talk. Here on November 23rd, 2020. And this song here is Tobu Colors. It's on YouTube. Look it up. It's just instrumental. It's a good song. Let's get to it. Sport betting time. I have not done this in front of you guys. So I'm excited about it. Bringing the music down. All right, let's get it going. Super exciting stuff here on the 184th edition of Monday Mana Sports Talk. So let's whip out the DraftKings Sports app to make some bets. Why not? Make some money. Time to make some money. Let's do it. Um, so... Another side story. Uh, I started sports betting about a month ago. My friend, and I'm pretty sure you know who he is here on Mighty Mass Sports Talk, Cesar Sanchez got me into it. Cesar, I'll probably have him on the show for this segment at some point because he's really good at sports betting. He's got like a plus 350. Right now, 
I got a plus $5.88. Yeah, I made $5.88 in one month of sports betting. Well, it was not like that at one point, because at one point, I was at a minus 70, and I've built my way back up. Uh, so what I did originally is I put in $200 in the Sports King, uh, Sports Draft King Sportsbook app, and I was like, all right, let's start making some bets here. Let's see if we can invest this $200 and make some money. Now I have 205.88, of course, but um, at one point I was down to 130. Uh, so let's let's talk about it. Um, we'll we'll talk about my previous bets that have gotten me back up uh, and my strategy at which I've done it because obviously it takes some practicing this to, to to bet on sports you're not you're not going to just bet on a game and who's gonna win it's not as simple as that you gotta bet on some elements of the game to make some money in a specific way um and I'm gonna be talking about this kind of stuff these kinds of things in this segment because a lot of people um who are beginners in sports betting just end up betting on who's going to win. Yes, it's fun to do that because you get to root for a specific team. In UFC, I do that a lot because um, it makes a fight that I don't care about more exciting uh, because I want a specific person to win so I can win money. Um, but with sports betting, you have to be specific about what you want to bet about. You know, Do you want to bet on the over-under of a football game, whether it's going to be over 45 total points, or is this guy going to score a touchdown first, or is this... A uh, fighter going to win in round one, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's what I've done. Um, so the other night, I was able to win $30 based on Deviston Figueredo winning. I mentioned it to um, Ryan Gilroy when we, I was talking to him earlier in the show um, that I was able to be like, okay, well, Devison Figueredo is coming in at a minus two or a minus three hundred. So if I were to bet, let's say ten bucks on him, I'd probably make a three dollar profit or something like that. They'll be making thirteen dollars back. Um, I don't want to do that because that's not betting on something like that isn't worth the payout because I'm losing ten dollars to potentially win three dollars. I don't like doing that. I always seventy five percent of the time I'm betting the underdog because that's a better payout. But I'm making sure that the underdog has a chance to win. So in the case of Jennifer Maya versus Anna, um, Valentina Shevchenko on Saturday night, Shevchenko had a minus 1900 So one guy bet $12,000. And I talked to uh, Ryan again about this. One guy bet $12,000 and only won $600. So he could have lost $12,000 just for a $600 profit if... Valentina lost so that's insane to me even though we all knew that Valentina was going to win that fight um so what I did for Davison Figueredo is to win 30 bucks off of him based on a $15 bet I knew that based on last fight Figueredo was able to beat um Benavidez in the first round by knockout but it's not even his knockout power that made me want to bet for Figueredo. It was um, his versatility. Figueredo doesn't have to knock him out. He can also submit, and that's exactly what happened against Alex Perez on Saturday night in the first round in the first two minutes. Figueredo wants to get this fight over and done with as soon as he can. So what he's going to do is he's going to take him down to the ground, maybe try to get some ground and pound in, but then get himself into a position where he's going to 
find the submission, and that's exactly what he did, and that's exactly what I expected. So what I want to do is is I want to bet on that first round finish because that's a plus two hundred. Uh, so I know that I'm predicting that Figueroa is going to win, but in the first round by submission. So I bet on that, and I want thirty bucks. So just like that. So those are the kinds of bets I'm looking for. Is I'm going to predict that this happens during the game, and I'm going to bet on it. So, that's my betting style. Everybody has different betting styles. Um, last night, I bet an over-under on what what game was it? The Las Vegas Raiders and Kansas City Chiefs game that it was going to be under 66 points. It ended up being a total of 66 points because the final score is 35-31. Um, and... And ended up voiding it. So I got $5.88 back. I, I bet $5.88 just so I can get back to the 200 mark, my even mark. But they gave me the money back. So I'm back up $5.88. Um, so let's look at this week. Let's make some sports bets, shall we? Um, sometimes it's very fun to make sports bets during a game. Because um, it's just fun like that. Because... Uh, you know who's possibly going to win and what's going to happen. Um, so you bet accordingly. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I, was, I forgot what game it was specifically, but I bet on a San Francisco 49er game, and I bet on the over-under in the last two minutes. Nothing was going on in the game. It was like a three-touchdown lead against the 49ers, and I bet that I bet the spread. So when I bet the spread, I'm rooting for a 49ers touchdown. So at least I'm rooting for something, right? And it makes things more interesting, which is why I like betting. Even if I lose, at least it made things more interesting. My biggest loss I've had so far was Game 5 of the World Series between the Tampa Bay Rays and Los Angeles Dodgers when the Tampa Bay Rays walked it off. I didn't get a chance, of course, to talk about that at the time, but it was a crazy moment, and we all are aware of it. Um, I, I put... 50 bucks on the Dodgers to win that game. So I would have had like a $90 payout because they were like a slight favorite in that game. Um, and I would have won a lot of money if the Kenley Jansen would have done his job. Um, but it's okay. It's not a big deal. Uh, I got the money back. So I've been working my way back up through betting, um, not on teams winning, but on spreads, on um, elements of the game that, I think are going to happen, not just the winner. But in this case, we can't bet on winners because that's what we do here on the show is we predict the winners. We making we, we like to, you know, make those kinds of predictions like I did with the World Series. I predicted the World Series was going to go to game six and the Dodgers are going to win in six games, and they did. Um, and I predicted the Dodgers and Rays were going to be in the World Series. Guess what happened? That happened. So... I'm pretty confident in my picks, and I hope that you are too, which is why I'm doing this kind of segment. Um, and they're low bets. It's not like I'm betting hundreds of dollars on one specific thing to happen. I'm betting like five bucks or something like that. Something simple to make things more interesting. Um, so let's uh, look at tonight's Monday night football game. Let's let's make a bet on tonight's football game, shall we? Um, maybe by the time you're listening to it, the football game this. Maybe by the time you're listening to this show. The football game's over, and you can laugh at me if I lose. So let's make a bet. Um, L.A. Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rams are a plus 180, and Tampa Bay is a minus 210. Um, yeah, I like the underdog here in this one because, 
You look at the LA Rams. You know, they beat the Bears, but the Bears beat the the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers looked a little different at the time. I just don't know. I think this Rams defense is going to be overwhelming for uh, Tom Brady in this game. Um, and then you look at the over-unders. It's 48 over 48 and under 48, both at a minus 110. Um, LA Rams are a plus, uh, are projected to lose by four and a half points. I don't think that's going to be it. I'm going to make a bet on this game. Um, I'm going to put $5 on the LA Rams. So when I'm watching the game tonight, I can make another additional bet on the spread depending on how the game is going, which is what I'm going to do. But initially what I'll do is I'll bet on who's going to win. So I'll put it like a low amount, like 5 bucks. So my payout would be $14, so a $9 profit. I'm going to make that bet. My first bet of the segment is on the LA Rams to win tonight against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're a plus 180 but I'd place my money on them as an underdog because, honestly, I think this is going to be a very close game, especially when you look at the uh, the spreads. That's a very close spread, a plus point four point five. That's a, that's within a touchdown. So um, I like that a lot. Um, you also got some Thursday games. Of course, you got Thanksgiving going on. First of all, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I hope everyone has a very happy, healthy Thanksgiving. I'll do that again at the end of this segment. Um and we're going to have a happy, healthy Thanksgiving with three total games on Thursday, starting with the Houston Texans and Detroit Lions. It's a terrible game. Two terrible teams, um, but still makes it fun to bet on, right? Uh, Detroit Lions, I hope they don't win because of the Bears' sake. So here's my next rule of sports betting. Always, always, and this is also a rule in uh, broadcasting, too, as a sports broadcaster. Always, always, always avoid bias. Now, I've been betting on the Bears to win the past three games. Five bucks each game, and I've lost $15 because of that. Just because the Bears suck. So, I gotta avoid bias. I can't just be like, oh, the Bears are gonna win this game. It's gonna be a win-win. I'm gonna win money, and the Bears are gonna win. No, it can't be like that. You gotta avoid bias. You know, maybe make it a win-win situation for you. And the Bear, Let's say if I'm a Bears fan, and I'm betting against the Bears, um, if the Bears lose, I make money. If the Bears win, Bears win. Yay, I'm a Bears fan. You know, um, so, I don't know. That's a fun way to look at sports betting sometimes. Um, let's look at these games on Thursday. Um, I'm not going to bet on the Houston Texas Detroit Lions game. That's a stupid game to bet on. Um, Washington football team, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Washington football team is a plus 130. Uh, I mean, this is an NFC East matchup between two terrible teams. The NFC East, as I've mentioned in my football segment, is a terrible, terrible conference. Um, but, I mean, makes it more interesting, right, when you bet on it. So let's bet on it. I'm going to do the underdog again, Washington football team, um, on a plus 130. I'm going to put $2 on you. All right. So $2 on the Washington football team to win. So uh, my total payout would be a $4.60. All right. Fantastic. And if I lose that, so what? That's two bucks. That's what? A soda? I'm losing a soda. Two sodas if I went to McDonald's and got two large sodas. But that's it. Um, And then you got Thursday night football. between the Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers. Now that's a good game. That's a good game. That's a game I'd want to watch and bet on, but it's not letting me bet on it for some reason because I think the uh, the um, betting odds are not official yet, if I'm correct. Um, 
let's look at another sport besides the NFL. I know we got soccer going on. We could talk about English. I haven't talked about English Premier League in a while. Um, right now, as we speak, at Crystal Palace and Burnley in the first half. Um, what's nice about football, football, soccer, is that you can also bet on the tie. And usually the ties are an underdog. So you got to hope that they tie, right? They're usually like a plus 300 for a tie, um, which is interesting. So um, the one game that I know is going to be close that I really hope is going to tie is Crystal Palace and Newcastle United. Now, um, I really think that that's a, that's a, that's a tie to me. These these two, these two teams seem pretty close in skill. So if it's a plus two twenty for a tie, I put two two dollars on that. So two dollars on a tie between Crystal Palace and Newcastle United. That's a total payout of six dollars and forty cents. Nice. Um, all right, so let's see. Now I've gone from in the segment two hundred five dollars and eighty eight cents to one hundred and ninety six dollars and eighty eight cents. Okay, fantastic. Um, uh, that's that's it for English Premier League. Uh, anything else I can do? KHL hockey. I don't even know. Who... Yeah. Wait, if I wanted to like watch international hockey for fun and bet on it and root for a team, I'll do that. I'll try to find a stream to find the game to watch it. But, um, yeah, let's see. I bet on, uh, what, one of what made me a lot of money was the Masters. I bet on Dustin Johnson to get top five, put like 10 bucks on it, and I won like, what, 40 on that? Just because he got top five? He won the whole thing. By the way, congrats on Dustin Johnson for winning the Masters. That's huge. Um... Get some new names in that list for good golfers, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's really not much to bet on. That's the thing is, is I'll bet on NFL. Like that's fun. Um, let's look at maybe this upcoming weekend in uh, UFC. UFC is a lot of fun to bet on because one I already mentioned it in the segment. But when like the fights are going on during the night and there's a, a fight that you know isn't as exciting, it's maybe a prelim fight. Bet on it. Make it more interesting. Make, you know, force yourself to root for someone, because um, it just makes the makes the event more interesting. Um, so this upcoming weekend, we got uh, Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades. Uh, Curtis Blades is a heavy favorite, and I'm not surprised. Um, so, with that being said, I don't want to bet on Curtis Blades to win. He's a minus 345. I know he's going to win, but how is he going to win? I think I'm going to bet on him. I don't know. Derek Lewis can't. Like, I'll probably bet on Curtis Blades getting the finish. Um, But what I could do is uh, I could also bet a dollar on Derek Lewis just for Whatever, maybe five bucks. I don't know. Maybe make a quick eighteen dollars on that. But um, I don't know. That's something that I have to wait for Saturday night to want to bet on because uh, it it it's very circumstantial. It's how I feel in the moment and the uh, the hype that comes up. Because God knows, maybe one of those two. I mean, it's heavyweight fight. No one ever misses weight at heavyweight. God forbid someone misses weight. 
or anything. Maybe maybe Mike maybe Mike Perry, it Mike Perry who purposely did not make weight the other day because he's too much of a wimp to drop four pounds in five hours. I've done that before. Come on, dude. You know better. Anyways, that's it. Yeah, that's betting this week. So that's a new segment. Sports betting. If only baseball and hockey and basketball are still going on. Waiting patiently for basketball to start again because then I'll start betting on that. Um, But besides that, um, that's it. That's the show today. Nearly two hours. Two hours of a show today. That's the longest I've done as a podcast. Wow. I've done two-hour radio shows. I've done a four-hour radio show for Monday Mass Sports Talk one time. That was the last show that they, uh, that uh, Monday Mass Sports Talk hosted at WHM FM 88.3. Uh, so, yeah, that's the uh, show today. Um, thank you once again to Ryan Gilroy, copy editor at the DePaulia, the DePaul University newspaper, for stopping by and t- uh, talking to me about UFC about DePaul basketball um, and uh, NBA draft as well. Got into that. Um, before I actually end the show, um, I didn't get a chance to talk about um, the new Bulls uh, draft pick in Williams. I thought they were going to go for Denny uh, Adviha. I don't know if that's his name from Israel. Um, I don't know why he didn't get picked in the draft by the Bulls. I think that's the, what the Bulls need. And a guy is a guy who's got professional experience, but... They'll go for a guy from Florida State. Why not? It felt like the seventh pick again this year for the Chicago Bulls. That's how I felt. Anyways, that's a story for another day. And we'll have to wait and see how the guy performs. And with no summer league and no real preparation to get up to straight up to professional games, um, it could be different for a lot of these rookies coming out of the NBA draft. So I'm excited to look forward to that as well. Um, but, yeah, we also got through NFL Week 11 action, uh, debuted the video game review segment, talked about Black Ops Cold War, still a 3 out of 10 for that one, um, and then got into some sports betting the past 20 minutes or so, and that was a lot of fun as well, and I hope you enjoyed it today here on the 184th edition of Monday Man of Sports Talk. Everyone, I know it's... A very weird time. It's a very uncircumstantial time that we're living in right now in the coronavirus pandemic. I just really, really wish you the best this Thanksgiving. Um, spending time, um, ha- uh, being healthy, being with your immediate family, whether that's on Zoom or together. Uh, know that you're always with them, even if you're not physically. And I know that I'm with you here. I'm Monday Mass Sports Talk. When you need me here on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, you all got to search is Monday Mass Sports Talk on those platforms. Um, but yeah, like I said, everyone, please have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, be thankful that um, you're alive and that we can hopefully look forward to a more better future. This has been Noah Festenstein with the 184th edition of Monday Mass Sports Talk here on November 23rd, 2020. I'll see you guys in the next couple weeks, I would say, for the next episode of Monday Mass Sports Talk. So stick around for that. Love you all. Thank you so much.